All right, and we are back once again for another edition of Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. I am Lee Grant. This is Kevin Pendergrass. And tonight we're going to discuss a uh, recent episode that went to air. It has been an episode that has generated, we were just talking before we hit record, it has generated probably the most positive feedback that we have ever received for anything we have ever done. And it has also generated some of the most, um, for lack of a better term, concerned feedback, maybe negative <laughs> feedback than any episode we've ever we've ever done. You know, in the time we've been doing this podcast, dude, we have received a lot of feedback from a lot of people ranging across the gamut. We yeah, never really have sure. had a lot of people express overt concern with a lot of what we've discussed. And I think that's largely because people are, they've been fair. They listen. Most of our audience is fair-minded. They're open-minded. They're going to hear and what they have sincere, to say. Sincere concern. Yeah, because, exactly. You know, when we first started recording, and even every now and then, we'll get your typical email of people just disagreeing, uh, labeling us as heretics, false teachers, those types of things. Uh, but you know, th we felt like the feedback we were getting that was in disagreement are in, uh, I won't necessarily say in opposition, but uh, that, that did did have some concern. We felt was it was coming from a good place and uh, from people that we respect and also some people we don't know, but the way they wrote their email, you could tell that it's coming from some good-hearted folks, and we wanted to take that seriously. Absolutely, and, and that's one of the things we want to do is anytime someone has sincere feedback that they want to give in which they have really put thought into what we have said, and they've really put thought into what they have said, and they share that with us in, in good, in good faith. Well, we don't want to just let that go. We want to express our sincere wholehearted appreciation for that because it's one thing to get labeled a false teacher and a heretic and be told that we're bound for a devil's hell. I mean, that, that kind of thing doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother you. You know, it's it's whatever to each their own. It's all good. I mean, Jesus loves them, too. And we're probably going to end up being surprised whenever we see each other in heaven. And that's all fine and dandy. But there are times whenever people have some sincere. They, sometimes people take sincere issue with what we discuss. And a lot of times we'll just hash that out with them in email or over private channels. It doesn't necessarily warrant a follow up episode. And through that dialogue, through that discourse, we're able to come to a better understanding of each other. You know, they're able to come to a better understanding of where we're coming from because we're able to flesh out some details or discuss some some salient points that maybe we didn't adequately cover in the podcast in question. And they're able to fully flesh out where they're coming from. And it gives us a better perspective as to where some of our blind spots may have been in those discussions. But it also gives them a greater degree of clarity. Yeah. Um, and. Oh, go ahead, bro. Well, I was just going to say th this is where too our, and we're going to go into detail about some of some of the the things that we received. Of course, everyone's name will always be anonymous, and we're not going to read anything directly. It'll just be uh, uh, we'll be alluding to certain points that people have made on both sides. But to me, this speaks to the type of audience that we have listening to our podcast, and we try very hard to make sure that we are being open and honest and fair. Lee and I never are just trying to take a certain side and stick with it just so that we can stick with it. Uh, we emphasize all the time, we're not employed ministers. We don't have an allegiance to any particular church. We don't have an allegiance to any particular organization. And so we feel like we are in a very 
very nice spot to be able to talk about these things, which means sometimes changing our minds on on different issues. And you have seen this as these episodes have progressed at times. But we we also realize there is a liberal and conservative element to our podcast and our audience. <laughs> and we're not we're not trying to make the the liberals or the conservatives or the progressives or the or the hyper conservatives or whatever you want to the descriptions that want to be given. We're not just trying to say, well, we've got to make this one group happy. What we're trying to do is be real. What we're trying to do is be honest. And what we're trying to do is make sure that we're putting out good content and giving opportunities for people to be heard, even at times people we disagree with. And I, I hope our audience, whether you agree with that or not, can respect what we're attempting to do because it is very difficult. It is very hard. Uh, sorry, that is an emergency alert. Let me turn this off real quick. Sorry, Lee. Did you uh, hear that come through? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's all good, man. Don't worry about um, it. Go so, ahead. So, but, but anyway, the point I was making is that I, I, as we're talking about this, I want you to think of it from also the other person's perspective. Because as Lee, you brought up, we received some really, 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 really strong emails that were the most positive perhaps we've ever we've ever gotten, especially the, the, the amount of emails we've been getting in the comments, but vice versa. And so that's why we decided to have this podcast to kind of have a, a family meeting with our podcast, if you will, of let's, let's just go ahead and talk about this. Let's, let's, uh, let's make sure that we're bringing this out into the open. And as we always do try to have a fair conversation about it. Absolutely. And I, I just want to reiterate that the feedback that we had received from our listeners of, of all stripes on this, on this podcast has been, it's been really, really cool to see it. It's been really cool to hear those other perspectives and to hear from people how helpful our episode with Crystal Ships was on coping with religious trauma. And even the negative feedback, and I really have a hard time calling it negative feedback just because even though someone could construe it as negative whenever it's expressed that what we said and maybe the, how it was packaged and how the conversation unfolded wasn't fully appreciated it's it's not really negative. I don't see it as negative because we're receiving someone else's perspective. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely constructive. I really like that word. It's definitely it, it was definitely a constructive and an incredibly helpful email. Um, there, there's been a few that we have received, and there's been some private conversations I've had, and you were discussing some of the conversations that that you had had as well, in which we've received both positive and and more negative but constructive feedback as to how that episode went and. So I, if it's all right with you, I'd like to just kind of discuss and, and drill down some of the more negative things that, that folks had to share about it so that we can address some of those concerns because they're valid concerns. And yeah, I, for sure. and, yeah, and riff on ref those a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And reflecting on it, I can see where they're coming from and I can see the validity there. And I don't want anybody because they have a different experience or a different perspective than you or I do, or what one of our guests does. I don't want them to come away thinking, well, Kevin and Lee, because they disagree with what I'm saying that, you know, they're invalidating my position on this. And that's not the case at all. I mean, there are some positions in theology. There are some positions in science. There's some positions in, in discourse that are more valid than others because they're based on, you know, a more concrete set of parameters. They're judged based on something that's more objective. But in this, there's not really a lot of there's not really an objective baseline that can be that can be stated because most of what crystal 
most of what she discussed and most of where she came from was based on her own experience. And one of the things you had said earlier before we hit record is that we don't want to discount other people's experiences. We don't want to speak in such a way as to invalidate the experience of someone else. Because whenever you take something as nebulous as what this can be, that in which they're really by design or by it's just based on the way it is, there really is no objective foundational layer to build off of. Well, it's, it is a nebulous thing. There is a high degree of subjectivity to it. And the experiences that we have in life, they're absolutely valid. Anyway, sorry, I was, I was going to hand that off to you. I didn't know if you had something else you wanted to say, but I'll just keep going. No, no, no. Um, we can go ahead and jump right in. You know, one, one of the the main things that concerned me is when someone said that um, that we came across as being antagonistic and snarky. And I, I, you know, you and I both use sarcasm at times. And I think having a podcast, that's one reason I hate social media and why I'm, I'm not on social media, because it's so easy to be misre- misrepresented. I love a podcast like this because our, po- our hopefully our personalities can come through. We're able to give some disclaimers and qualifiers every now and then some jokes. Um, but hopefully overall, the tenor of what we're trying to accomplish can come across. And w- when, when someone comes away saying, well, it seemed like you were just really antagonistic and attacking the, for lack of better words, the other side to this, um, that, that bothers me. Okay. Cause yeah. I, I don't ever, if someone says, well, you, you're sarcastic every now and then, but Hey, at the end of the day, you seem to be fair. That's what I want to hear. And yes. that's why, that's why in large part, when I write my books, you know, once you, once a book's out there, it's out there, right? I can't like write it just a quick follow-up book. Like we can do in this podcast episode. Hey, Hey, what, what, you know, there's a few chapters in there. I need to, you can't do that. And so I have friends on, both sides of the aisle when it comes to conservative and liberal views, progressive views, whichever word you want to use. And I, I try to let all of them read it. I don't try to get them to agree with me because they, all of them disagree with me on some things and vice versa. But the one thing I want to make sure is that the tone is right, that, yeah. that there, that, that there, there is a proper tone um, where people reading it, even if they disagree, will not feel attacked. And so the fact that someone could feel attacked uh, by by what anything Lee and I say, I, first of all, I, let me say I'm sorry because I never want that to be the case. So if someone felt attacked, I, I do not want that to be the case at all. And you know, I never want to come across as being snarky and know it all. I'm certainly not um, a know it all in the sense of the, I don't know it all. I don't know hardly anything. And hopefully, we re- reiterate that a lot on our program too. Um, but if I'm looking at this as if this was the only episode someone ever heard of our podcast. And they were, for for lack of better words, on the other side of things. What would they have thought? And although yeah. that was a really good point, and well, I, uh, and, and yeah. I appreciate that, and that's why we, we want to bring this up because we want to make it clear our intention was not to be snarky. Our intention was not to be antagonistic. Um, there may have been some a few things we could have disagreed with. Maybe maybe we could have gotten into a better conversation. But when we have our guest on. Our goal is not to disagree with them or prove them wrong, unless that has already been slated at the beginning that we're going to, some of our friends we're closer to, we, we will engage and push back a little bit because we're comfortable with that. We know them a little bit better, but when we have a guest come on, especially someone who no longer claims Christianity, um, we want to give them space to talk. We, we want this to be their space. They've been tried to be evangelized to enough. So that's not our point in that episode. 
Well, and another thing that I, I think is worth mentioning is the the purpose of sarcasm. One of the things I try to do is I try to go back and listen to every one of these episodes that we've recorded after they air to see if there's anything I miss. And, and sometimes I listen to them the day they air. Sometimes I don't. There are times I've made some mistakes behind the keyboard and editing and uploading and putting things together. One time I even put the wrong file out and I didn't notice it because I hadn't had time to listen to the episode yet. And you've hollered at me. I've had other listeners holler at me and say, Hey, I think you might've messed up. And I'm like, well, dadgummit, I did mess up, but I, 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 I try to listen to every one of the episodes and I, you know, to the, to the one listener that emailed us that, that took issue with some of the snark and some of the sarcasm that was delivered. I really did feel like in listening to it, that we were a little more sarcastic than what we usually are. And I think there's reason for that. And I'm not saying this to yeah. excuse yeah. <laughs> that for, for any, you know, for any reason. So I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. This isn't me justifying and saying, well, we were sarcastic for this. And so it's completely acceptable and you're just wrong for taking issue with it. I definitely see where this particular listener that emailed us was coming from. I definitely see where they were coming from. And I agree with them. We were snarkier than we usually are. We were more sarcastic than we usually are. And I think that is because this topic, it's a heavy topic. It's, it's a really uncomfortable topic, especially if it's extremely personal, but part of what makes it uncomfortable is Kevin, you're still a Christian. I'm still a Christian. I mean, some people may debate that, but hey, there's a little snark for you. But, you know, you're a Christian. I'm a Christian. And Crystal, she, you know, she's older than you and I, not by a whole lot, but she has more more time. She has more life experience. She spent, you know, like you and me, she grew up as a Christian. Like you, she grew up within the churches of Christ. And that was the trajectory of her life. And she's talking about something that's incredibly painful, she was talking something about something that she has dealt with and that she's dealt with in a healthy way. She's gone to therapy. She's te- she's had counseling. She's been able to parse that and she's still working through it. She's still parsing through it. And whenever the worldview that you ascribe to and the position that you hold, I am a Christian. You have someone who is not a Christian and they have been damaged by that faith system that they lived in and that damage runs super deep. That damage runs to the core of who they are as a person because the entire identity that they possess was built on that construct. And that construct was a source of pain for them. It was a source of harm to them. It was a source of toxicity to them. Whenever they're talking about that, and and here I am still a part of that in a very general sense, you know, not, you know, to the particular level that she was, that's uncomfortable. It's incredibly uncomfortable to know that I was once a source of pain for other people. The message that I preach, that good news wasn't good news at all. The gospel that I preach wasn't good news. It was harmful. It was misogynistic. It was homophobic. It was exclusivist. It was, it was, you know, my way or the highway. You either read the Bible the way I read the Bible and understand the Bible the way I understand the Bible. And if you don't, you're a heretic bound for a devil's hell. I mean, that in and of itself and realizing that that's not, it, it hurts. And yeah, well, and there, there's anger yeah. there's, and, and look, the anger is at me at and, your, said, yeah. and, and, I, and I, I can't speak for, you know, I'm not trying to speak for crystal or anyone else, but I, I, my bitterness is toward me. 
I, yes. I have I have taken responsibility realizing that I was a part of the very system that hurt so many people. And I've discussed this a while back that there's still a lot of regret. I have a lot, tons of regret of things that I wish I could have changed. So when I, as, as Lee said, this is a very, this was a very interesting conversation with Crystal because the, the kind of, of teaching that I, that I, that I taught, the type of theology that I believed in, Lee, same thing with you, it has caused people to no longer be a Christian, right? So, the, so I was a part of that system and now I'm yeah. hoping that I'm a part of a, a system that has a better grasp of Jesus and what Christianity is all about that can, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the positives of that episode, but, um, or, or the, the positive, some of the positive feedback we received through that episode. But the thing is, is that, you know, Lee, you're right, is this is something that, you know, yeah, there, there's, trying to to mentally handle all of this and deal with all of this while also allowing someone that you don't agree with as far as where it led them <laughs> and and having a open honest conversation conversations like like Lee like you and I are having with people these aren't happening on most podcasts because yeah. because there's not an environment where they can happen right it's we're going to bring somebody on and then we're going to debate them that's not what we're doing so we're trying to expose people to different ideas and let people know they're heard let people know they're cared about. And, and, and as Lee pointed out, yeah, we probably were a little more snarky in that episode. But one reason is because we've been hurt and because we've hurt others. And there, there is a lot of emotion that is attached to that on both sides of, of, the, of the aisle on that. And so our own experiences. Well, and what that sarcasm does is it, it can be, whenever it's used appropriately, it can be used to disarm. When it's used inappropriately, it can be used to um, invalidate somebody. I mean, I've, I've used sarcasm, I've used snark in that way before to invalidate someone or to invalidate a position. And, you know, we will invalidate some of the positions that we may disagree with at this point by using sarcasm and by using snark. I mean, we both do that. But this is something it the conversation I really feel like was a really good one that we have with Crystal. I, th I think that there was definitely more good that came from it than potential harm. But at the same time, I, I do agree that maybe we were snarkier than we should have been and we were more sarcastic than we should have been. And that's largely in part because it's it's really a tough conversation. It's really hard whenever the system that led to someone's emotional distress when you recognize your part in that and that, you know, the person that you're talking to, how many other hundreds of people are out there in your case, thousands of people are out there that have suffered in the same way they have because of what you've done. And that's a very uncomfortable feeling. It's a very uncomfortable emotion to hold on to. And one of the ways that I deal with that, whether it's right or whether it's wrong is by accepting it. But then being sarcastic about it once I've been able to accept it. Yeah, that's um, how I, I deal with, you know, I yeah. make fun of myself a lot. I mean, people who know me the best, I, I have a pretty dark sense of humor. I mean, that's how I've dealt yes, with, you do. <laughs> with death in my family. I mean, so so a lot of this is just our coping mechanism. And as, as Lee, you pointed out, this isn't us saying, oh, well, we're just justifying our behavior so you can just go be mean to people. We're not, we, we if, if someone felt attacked as you pointed out, I like the way you put it, is sarcasm can disarm, but it can also cause others to feel like they're being invalidated. Our, our main goal when we have a guest on is to cater to them, 
That that is our main goal. Um, we we are not interested in catering to our audience. We're not. Um, our that that is uh, that's where you get in trouble. Our our goal is to be fair, to be honest, to be sincere, to be loving, to be compassionate. And when we're interviewing someone, they are the person that we're trying to cater to the most. Not ourselves. Not the audience. The person, because that you as an audience, you're going to get the most out of that when we set it up that way. Um, anybody who's ever been on our show, the one thing we say is be yourself. If you go to most podcasts, we'll say, well, this is our audience leans more toward this way. So make sure you don't say that. We don't do that. We don't yeah. do that because we, number one, our audience doesn't lean more toward one way per se, um, because of the different topics we cover and because of where we're willing to go and what we're willing to talk about. And we're not just wanting to, to, to draw a straight line and say, well, uh, we're, we're on this side of all issues because that's, that's not what our podcast is about. But we do try to cater to our, our guests. And there are times where we come away saying, you know what, we didn't agree with a lot of what they said. Other times we come away saying we agreed with some of what they said. Other times we walk away and say, yes, I agree with almost everything that that guest said. But the, the point in all of this is that the reason why we were being more snarky and more sarcastic is because we were able to disarm, we were trying to disarm the whole conversation among ourselves to just have this yeah. open and honest conversation. But in doing that, Lee, as you pointed out, others who were listening felt somewhat attacked. And another one of the the accusations, if you will, or at least concerns, I won't say accusation, that was a strong word, is yeah. that uh, they felt like there was an unfair blaming of religion. Yeah. And and let's let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, I, th I think that 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 point, I definitely think in terms of the sarcastic level that you and I operated at, I, I can see how that might be the case. But and it, and it wasn't just this listener. I've had a couple other people express the same thing to me. And yeah, my answer. To, yeah. And, and my answer to them was, is, well, you know whenever that makes up the entirety of your worldview, the entirety of the structure on which your life has been built, the entire, the entire nature of who you are, your identity, that's the word I couldn't think of. Whenever your entire identity has been built on the bricks of faith and how that faith is expressed, then if that, structure, that superstructure that leads to your identity being what it is, if that has caused harm to you, it has caused harm to you. I mean, if, if I go outside and I have a, a sidewalk that leads from our back patio to our pool and it's, it's made out of pavers. If I walk back there and I scuff my toe on the fa on the paver and I trip and fall is it the bricklayer's fault that put the paver down? Is it the earth's fault because it shifted? Is it my fault for not paying attention? There are so many ways that you can say yes and no to any one of those answers. But whenever you have something that is completely out of your control, that's your upbringing. You have no choice as to who your parents are. You have no choice as to where you were born or whom you were born to or who's going to raise you. All of those things are out of your control. And whenever our minds are in that super neuroplastic stage in which our personalities are being forged and the beliefs that will follow us for the rest of our lives are being instilled within us, whenever we are being developed into the people we will be, we are having our heads filled with the information that will inform our decision making, who we are, aspects of our personality from the time we're born until the time we leave the house and even after then. 
all of those influences that that direct and mold us into who we are those are things that that they shape who we are and they go on forever if like me you were raised in a system in which church and faith and god and christianity is everything if that is a harmful perspective and I'm fortunate enough to say that the perspective I was raised with, I really don't believe that it was overtly harmful. I believe that the system that I was raised in within Pentecostalism does lend itself to spiritual harm and spiritual trauma. But I, I feel like I'm fortunate in that I didn't directly experience it. I witnessed it plenty of times like we were talking about you know, before we hit record on this, but it wasn't something that I personally experienced a lot of. That being said, though, and we talked a little bit about it beforehand. I'm going to go ahead and bring this up just because I think it's pertinent. I have family members who were victimized in a very real way. I have family members, um, distant relatives. I say distant relatives. These are these are cousins who experience sexual abuse at the hands of our great-grandfather. Our great-grandfather was a walking, talking Bible he was a Pentecostal preacher. The dude could quote pretty much any passage from memory. If you've ever seen that movie, The Book of Eli, I don't want to spoil it, but hey, it's an old movie anyway. But uh, yeah, the main character, yeah. it's a good one. It's extremely violent, so uh, pr- so be careful there. But anyway, the lead character had memorized the Bible. And that's my grandpa. My great-grandpa had memorized the scriptures. Well, he was caught red-handed in the act of molesting some of my cousins and my great grandmother handled it. That was taken care of. Well, all of my cousins were raised more strictly, more religiously strict than I was. These cousins that fell victim to him, they no longer have anything to do with faith whatsoever. The system that they were raised in did not allow him to be prosecuted. He faced some, some direct consequences with the family. Um, my grandmother basically great-grandmother kicked him out of the house. He wasn't allowed to come back around. She said that she would air what he did and tell everybody across every county and every church he had ever worked with. Mm-hmm. She'd do it if he didn't get out and have nothing to do with the family ever again. And he did. He never faced any legal repercussions for it. He was never arrested, never went to jail. And it's because of that passage over there, First Corinthians, about bringing a brother before law. That's just something you don't do. And so whenever you see your victimizer victimize you in a very real way, and that victimizer never faces justice, and the reason why he doesn't face real justice is because of the religious legalism in which you live, I don't think it's unfair to say that religion is not to blame because the way that religion is being expressed is absolutely why he didn't face justice for what he did. That's absolutely why. And whenever you take that and and you dial it down a few degrees where you have an extreme degree of stress and anxiety over if, you know, your little friend dies or your, your dog dies and you're a child, you're a small child and your friend dies or, you know, a friend's sibling passes away or another relative dies and you are filled with a sense of dread and terror as to whether or not they're going to go to heaven and you're just terrified by it and you can't sleep at night. You're crying yourself to sleep and praying to God with everything you have because, well, my friend wasn't baptized or they went to the Baptist church or they went to the Methodist church or they went to the assemblies of God or wherever else. God, please don't let my friend that died in a car wreck, please don't let them go to hell. Please save their soul. And you're terrified for that because that's the religious programming that you have had. 
And then you grow up dealing with that anxiety and that dread, wondering if you, you yourself could be lost if you die because you had an impure thought or you stubbed your toe on the coffee table and said a bad word or whatever else. Oh my goodness, God, I, I hope I'll go to heaven, please. And you live with that terror every day. You grow up into an anxious adult. You marry someone who is entrenched within that system. And then that person continues to spiritually abuse you and they continue to railroad you and they continue to gaslight you. You know what? You wouldn't feel that way or feel so guilty if you'd just be the wife that the Bible says you ought to be. If you would just be the mother the Bible says that you ought to be. If you would just do your part and be a good Christian wife, well, maybe you wouldn't feel so guilty. You feel guilty because you know you're not doing right. You know that you're facing hell. How can you say that religion is not to blame for that? Because that's the entire source from where that type of mindset leads. That's the source from where that mindset emanates. And it leads to further abuse down the road because it conditions you and makes it nearly impossible for you to leave. Yeah. And take it. Let's go. Let's go back to some of the things you were saying, too, to bring this point about unfairly uh, blaming religion, because first of all, not just religion, but specifically Christian religions have historically done atrocious things. And one of the reasons why Christians are oftentimes accused of being dishonest is because we as Christians are not willing to take responsibility for how Christians of the past and Christians of the present have also interpreted the Bible and have abused and misused the Bible based upon how I understand it. And what I'm talking about is going. we discussed some of these things within the episode. The Crusades— Racism, slavery, Uh, if you look at the Salem witch trials, if you look at just the Puritans in general, if you look, there's so many, the Inquisition, if you look at how many people died in the name of bad interpretation, people who were abused in the name of bad interpretation, people who are... are, are, are not just hurt, but people who have had their whole lives upended in the name of the Bible. So we can't turn around and say, well, 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 no form of Christianity is to blame. By the way, Jesus was the one who came and did he not basically blame? I won't say Christianity because that doesn't make any sense because, you know, following Jesus should be Christian. But did, did he not blame basically the whole Jewish religious system for, 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 for how things ended up? He said, well, no, Kevin, he blamed the people. Sure, he blamed the people. But who, who are, who, what's the church? It's the people. Yeah. It's a religious system, but the people. And so when you when you look at how Christianity has behaved and what Christianity has done and is still doing, yes, we have to be willing to call things out at times. We can do that in loving and respectful ways, but when there is someone teaching damnable doctrines, and when I say damnable, I don't mean in some sort of theological twisted sense that people have tried to use, but I'm talking about putting people in a situation where they are being abused and they're calling that submission to God are people being put in a situation of where they are having to overlook certain abuse or oppression or mistreatment of others because of so-called Bible interpretation or for the better good of the quote unquote church. And, and we see that as a, as a minister, someone who is heavily involved on the inside of how things operate in the churches of Christ. Folks, I had conversations that you wouldn't believe I had with people. And I do my best to to try to temper those things down when I'm talking about it because this is serious stuff. I've seen lives been ruined. And in large part, I've seen 
how my teaching ruined lives, okay? So when someone says, Same, well, we, we can't blame Christian. Well, what was I before then? I was nothing more than a result of the very system that I had bought into. So we, we can't say, well, no, that's your fault, isn't it? Sure, and I take responsibility. There's not a day that goes by I don't regret the kind of crap that I did. There's not a day that goes by that I wish I wouldn't have done so many of the things that I did in the name of Jesus and how I misrepresented God, how I misrepresented the Bible, thinking I did the right thing. There's not a day that goes by. But here's the thing. that's It's not just I didn't wake up one day and say I was going to be that. I was taught that. That was a system that I was indoctrinated in. Yes, it was my choice to be indoctrinated in that system. Sure. But that was the system that I was a part of. So for, for someone to say, well, you can't, you can't blame this. Sure, you can. Absolutely, you can. I can't put all the blame on the system. Sure. I, 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 I'm not saying that poor pitiful little Kevin, he had no choice. No, I had a choice. And that's why I made the choice to get out of this garbage. That's why I did that. But that's also why I realized there's a better way to understand Christianity and follow Jesus so that people who have been abused by the system that I perpetuated, that there is an alternative, that there are other ways for understanding. And so I just want to, you know, I want to bring that up because this is important when people say things like, well, you can't blame the Church of Christ. Um, you, you know, you, you can't, in fact, let me let me Lee talk for a minute. I'm going to bring something up, and then we're going to. Then I want to bring yeah. up another point. Yeah, you bet. I know you got to do a little bit of hunting to to get what you're wanting, and that's fine. But it's funny though because you're fired up, and I got a little fired up too. We're both getting <laughs> fired up here. But another, I'd like to bring up some other feedback that we had received in a previous episode that really ties into this point. I was having a discussion with another one of our listeners. And they had said that because of their upbringing and they're in therapy now, but because of their upbringing, that they are having a really hard struggle in maintaining any kind of a deep romantic relationship with somebody. It seems like that they get involved with someone and their relationship grows. And whenever things seem like it's going to get serious, it just they self-sabotage and they couldn't figure out why. And it's largely because the way that love was preached in the congregations that they were a part of and that they grew up in and came up in, that love was conditional. That, you know, yes, God loves you. He absolutely loves you, but he will not accept you or have anything to do with you unless you follow this five-step plan of salvation, unless you worship with these five basic, you know, principal acts of worship, and unless you wear your, your clothes in this certain way, and unless you wear your hair in this certain way, and unless you, you know, do this or that or whatever else, the, the point being is that it was a very transactional representation of love is what they had grown up with. And that was deeply seeded into their subconscious. And they're not able to really move past that. They're starting to unwrap that and unravel it. And they were, they were expressing their thanks for the podcast and, and the work that we're doing here and the help that it has given them to deal with some of those questions that they had had. But my question is, w- would be this, if this idea about unfairly blaming religion, and, and let me just say this, I do agree that a lot of times religion is unfairly blamed. I've seen that before too. I have seen people that that yeah, no doubt. Just, yeah. they don't want to take responsibility for the choices they've made, so they blame their upbringing for it. But that's not what this was. That, that's not what the conversation with Crystal was about. That's not what this conversation with this other listener was about. They, what, why do they have a hard time forging relationships? Why do they have a hard time, you know, going past a certain point? 
and having a deep, meaningful relationship with someone that could blossom into something potentially lifelong and beautiful, why are they not able to do that? It's because of the religion that programmed their subconscious from the time they were a baby and into their adulthood now, into their into their thirties or even forties. I'm not sure how old they were, but but it, it, you you can't you can't unfairly blame religion, and and I'll agree with that. I don't think it's right to blame everything on religion in in this context in particular. But at the same time, we can't deny the role that that religious programming has on us and how we express our lives and how we live our lives and the trauma that that can bring. We can't ignore that. It's not unfair to do so. Yeah, and that that's where that the role that this plays is so important because, we yes, we have to be willing to take responsibility for our own actions. No doubt about that. But we also have to be willing to look at systems and say, well, there's something wrong within this system, this church system, this this doctrinal system, this theological, whatever you want to call it. That's why today evangelicalism in America is such a mess, because you can now almost know within five minutes if someone claims to be an evangelical simply because of the views and the way that they treat other people. Now, I'm not making a a, a, a broad brushstroke and say everybody who claims that they're a conservative evangelical is acting a certain way. But the problem is that we can look at this and say, okay, there's a reason why this is happening. There's a reason why so many people are leaving their faith, period. And if we just if we if we just choose to take an oversimplified approach and say, well, they're just not taking responsibility. They never cared to begin with. If we say that, what we're doing is we're ignoring the problem and we're pushing them further away, the ones who really have been abused by religion. So we're not doing ourselves a disservice. And, and by the way, evangelicalism is dying, and it's going to continue to die on the vine because unless things continue to change, unless people are willing to adapt with the with the, with the sound knowledge of today that we now know versus how the Bible works, which, by the way, plug for my book again, we're going to talk about a lot of these things— then it's never it's it, it's going to continue to die. And my fear and Lee's fear is instead of people saying, "Hey, maybe there's another alternative. Maybe I'm not giving up God. Maybe I'm not giving up Jesus. Maybe I'm not giving up the Bible. Maybe I'm giving up an unsound way of understanding all these things." But if yeah. we don't provide other options, then guess where people are going to run to? They're going to they're going to run straight into atheism. They're going to run straight into agnosticism because they're going to think that is Christianity and there's no other way. You want to get Jesus mad? Misrepresent God's love. That ticks Jesus off. So that's yeah, I I think Lee and I sometimes have a little right to be snarky when we feel like we've misrepresented God's love in times past and we feel like other organizations are misrepresenting God's love. Now I believe most people are doing it with the best of intentions. They don't even realize they're mis. I didn't know I was misrepresenting God's love at the time. Lee didn't realize he was mi- misrepresenting God's love at the time. Well, most neither people, did the Apostle Paul. Yeah, for that most, matter, most when he people was Saul. Who are doing it don't realize it, but that's why it's vital that we do call it out and say something is wrong. Here's what I wanted to to pull up, and this is actually from my book, my new book. So sneak peek right here. 
I'm talking about a lot of the interpretations of Christians throughout the past and how we have to be willing to learn from them. And most, I dare say, most Christians don't realize this. In fact, if you were in the Churches of Christ especially, you probably have heard of Foley Wallace Jr. Have you ever heard of Foley Wallace Jr.? I don't know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He was was even held in high regard amongst the one-cut brethren as well. I mean, he was probably known as one of the greatest preachers of his time. So this was, uh, he also... um, wrote for, and I believe he was the publisher for the Bible Banner, and very popular, very, very well regarded. And in a article titled Negro Meetings for White People, this is, this is what he said. He said, reliable reports have come to me of white women, members of the church, becoming so animated over a certain colored preacher as to go up to him even after a sermon and shake hands with him holding his hand in both of theirs. That kind of thing will turn the head of most white preachers and sometimes affect their conduct. And anybody ought to know that it will make fools out of the Negroes. For any woman in the church to so far forget her dignity and lower herself so just because a Negro has learned enough about the gospel to preach it to his race is pitiful pitiful indeed. Her husband should take her in charge unless he has gone crazy too. And in that case, someone ought to take them both in charge. Now, there's a whole article that I've, I've got the whole article in the publication in my book. But uh, he goes on to say that there's never been a Negro preacher, in his words, who, who, who preached a sermon as good as him. And uh, it, it's it's a just a blatantly it's a white racist supremacist yeah. article. Yeah. Now, this this episode's not about to condemn Foy Wallace. OK, um, what I'm saying is that we can't sit here. And by the way, he believed these things because of his understanding of the Bible, okay? So when, I, when I'm when i reading a Bible commentary from Foy, you can't sit here and say, well, you know, I mean, you, you can't really blame all these old preachers of the past when that's the kind of, yeah, we can. We can, we can sit back and say we have come a long ways from there. And while there are many good things that he did, we also have to be willing to point out the bad things he did and how that has affected race in the church to this day. As a director of the Gospel of Christ, when I worked for the Gospel of Christ, I went to over 200 churches, many of which, not some, many of which were over racist in the leadership. How do I know? Because I had conversations with them. They would not hire. Some of these churches would not be willing to hire or even interview someone who was black. And the reason they, of course, they would state, well, you know, this is just the wise thing to do, et cetera, et cetera. There are reasons why they believe that. They believe that because they, that their, their preachers sat at the feet of preachers who sat at the feet of preachers who sat at the feet of men like Foy Wallace. So for someone to say, well, we can't just blame the system. Yeah, we can blame the system, folks. We can look at it and say, I need to take personal responsibility. But when I see something is off, when I see that people are constantly abused in the church, people are constantly being told to stay in relationships that are not only unhealthy, not only not toxic, but are, could literally physically kill them, something needs to change. And we need to start calling it out and saying that this is wrong. And there is going to be passion behind this because this affects people's lives directly. So I just wanted to bring that point out to show that as you pointed out, no, we can't just blame religion for everything. Crystal didn't blame religion for everything. I didn't blame religion for everything. You didn't. I'm still a Christian for crying out loud. Lee's still a Christian. So let's not forget those important facts, you know? Well, and, and not only that, but just to build off what you're saying, I mean, that's definitely germane to the topic because that what Foy Wallace said is not only representative of the time and place in which he came up and of representative of the, uh, um, what's the word? 
I just went completely blank on the word. Good grief. What's that word? Where they, and they undid it in the 60s with the civil rights movement. Segregated, that's it. Segregated. Yeah, it's a perfect representation of the segregated Christianity that existed in that day and time. And it's a product of that culture. But that was the bedrock from which so many people operated. Yeah, and that wasn't rare, by the way. I'm not calling out Floyd Watt because like nobody, I mean, everybody was saying stuff like that. You know, that was just the place. He just happened to be the leader. But what we failed to to recognize is that that's foundational to the mentality and the perspective that so many people had then. It was the bedrock of presupposition for everybody else and what everyone else operated under. One of our listeners um, said something to the effect of, you know, that, that, that crystal was unfairly blaming religion, you know, when in fact, maybe it was, you know, mental health issues that she herself had, or it was a dysfunctional family. And my question would be is, is, well, with mental health issues, you kind of have a chicken or an egg thing because there are some genetic predispositions that can drive what mental health issues are is your brain makes chemicals and it doesn't make the right chemicals in the right quantities. I mean, that's, that's a very bare bones way that you can talk about various mental health issues. That's a loaded subject. There's a lot there, but in terms, but in terms of family dysfunction, family dysfunction and, and your situation, your circumstances can drive the severity of those mental health effects. Family dysfunction. What would drive family dysfunction? I mean, at the root of it, you could say that the foundation through which the paradigm through which your family operates is religion. That's the way it was for me in my house growing up. Religion and God and church, dude, that was everything. And a lot of the dysfunction that I witnessed coming up that I'm not going to get into on this episode and a lot of the dysfunction that I experienced was largely due to that counterfeit representation of what Christianity really is and what it's supposed to be. Um, but moving on, is there anything else that you want to mention about that particular point? Because we have one more negative point that we want yeah. to talk about, and then we're going to get into some of the positives that we Well, and, and I want to make sure I did say Foy E. Wallace Jr. who said those things. Um, no doubt his his father probably had the same sentiments, but that was actually Foy E. Wallace Jr. in case I didn't – I don't know if I said that or not. But the, the point that – the reason why I'm getting so passionate in this episode is because there there is a, a – there's two sides to this coin. And right now we're talking about the side where we have to look at religion. We have to look at Christianity and say, uh, take responsibility, take responsibility. And, and, and quite frankly, in large part, a lot of evangelicals have not taken responsibility and have acted like all the interpretations of the past. Well, they either didn't exist or, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that inquisition thing, you know, where like millions of people were killed um, oh yeah, we kind of were wrong on that, but, uh, we don't want to talk about that. We now have everything figured out and it's, it's, it really is just a dismissive way of, of, you know, of looking at history. It's a very dismissive way because people, you know, want to say, well, I, I shouldn't be blamed for something that happened years ago. Okay. Okay. The point though is, can we recognize it happened? Can we recognize that there is an influence there? Can we recognize that there is, that we can learn, we need to learn from it because we need to realize what then could we be doing wrong? What could we be doing to 
perpetuate a bad situation in religion? What could we be teaching that may not be healthy that years from now people are going to look back and go, well, we weren't we weren't idiots like Kevin. You know, Kevin, he thought this, this, this. Thankfully, you know, oh, yeah, we've come such a far way. And by the way, that's going to happen. It probably already is happening, but that's definitely going to happen because we're all wrong on something. We're, we're missing things. And we're so, we don't even realize, like a, like a fish in water, we don't even realize the cultural assumptions that we're, that we're basing everything off of because we're living in it today. That's why history always seems like it's smarter in the present than it is in the past. Not because today we're so much smarter, but because we're constantly progressing, we're evolving, we're learning. We're learning how to handle each other better in relationships. We're learning how the world works. So we're always going to be changing and growing, and that changes the way that we understand the Bible and Christianity. If you don't believe me, look at history. It has always changed the way that we understand the Bible and Christianity. So with that in mind, I just want to just caution anyone before they say, well, you can't blame religion. No, you can't blame religion for all the bad problems in your life. But their religion has done a lot of bad things for a lot of bad people, including Christianity. We need to be will- Christian before we as individuals say, yeah, we need to take responsibility. We need to we need as individuals on behalf of Christianity need to take responsibility and say, yeah, it's done a lot of bad things. And we really need to do better overall with with why so many people are leaving. We need to show more love. We need to show more grace. We need to show more compassion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And one thing, and I think this will be the last thing that we'll address as far as the uh, constructive criticism that we received on this uh, this topic goes. And one of our listeners brought up that that they took issue with, and they they were like, you know, maybe I didn't understand what they were saying exactly. But I kind of took issue with the idea that it's unethical to be a Christian counselor. And we, we're not going to need to take a lot of time on this. Um, but from what I understand, because this is feedback that was given to you, so I'm just kind of stealing your thunder there and running with it. But as I understand what you shared with me, there was a listener that said that that was problematic for them because there are plenty of Christians that are counselors. And they took it to mean that, well, it's unethical for a Christian to be a counselor. That is not what Crystal was saying. That's not the point she was making. The point that she was making, because, and I know that this is the point she was making because we talked about this before the, before the podcast, and we also talked about it after, a little bit after the podcast, but it's unethical to promote yourself from her perspective as a Christian counselor. Yeah, and, and by the way... I- I don't agree with that. So, you know, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing people have to be careful of. Is I that- do agree with it, though, and, yeah. and we'll get into that. And, and that's an interesting thing. And, and folks, this is another thing. I've been accused in the past of just going along with whatever old Kevin Pendergrass wants to say, like, I don't have an, a brain in my own head. Kevin and I disagree on a lot of things. We just don't talk about it a lot. But we are going to talk about this little nugget. Anyway, sorry, brother. Go ahead. No, well, and you know. Crystal made the point in the episode, she said that she thinks it's unethical for someone to advertise themselves as a Christian counselor because of the bias they have, right? And 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 that in of itself, Lee, as you pointed out, her point was not, if you're a Christian and you're a counselor, you're unethical. Um, want to make that very clear. At least I, I'm, I'm almost certain that wasn't her point. I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's not her point. I, th- I think that was a misunderstanding, and we didn't really get to delve into that much because, once again, our point is to not say, well— we're going to disagree with you, Crystal, on all these points, and let's talk. That's not the point of the episode, right? I understand her perspective because what she's saying is, is that 
when you when you advertise yourself that way, it can come across as with a bias. Um, I believe that the same though is true if you know if you're not a Christian, you're going to have a bias. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, if I go to someone who's not a Christian and I and I'm a Christian and I go to them, they're going to have a bias of how they think I should handle things. Uh, I don't think that that means they're not a good counselor. I don't think it means that they shouldn't be counseling or advertising themselves a certain way. Um, it just means that I'm going to get probably a different perspective from someone who's not a Christian than someone who is. But the same is true with someone who is a Christian counselor who is very progressive versus someone who's a Christian per- counselor. And by the way, when we say counselor, we're not talking about a preacher who says, I'm a Christian and I'm giving counsel. We're actually talking in this a licensed context professional about, counselor. Yes, yes, about someone who is a licensed professional, someone who is a, you know, has, has their credentials in place. So we're not talking about a preacher who says, oh, I took, um, by the way, I'm talking about myself here. I took two classes in seminary school about counseling. So I'm going to give, no, no, that probably is very unethical. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I, I get her point. I wouldn't say that if someone says I'm a, I'm advertising as a Christian counselor, I wouldn't call it unethical because you're probably going to target Christians, but I don't have any problem with her saying it within the context in which she meant it. But, yeah. but, but once again, I mean, it's one of those things where, when we listen to someone who has a different view than we do, it's important we always give them the benefit of the doubt and not yes. assume, uh, you know, not saying that the person who asked this, you know, or, or said this thinks that she, she, you know, she was assuming the worst, but be careful. We have to be careful when we hear a statement that sounds outlandish to say, okay, well, was that like qualified or does she really think every Christian who's a counselor is unethical? Well, no, she doesn't. She doesn't think that. She just thinks, especially coming from her perspective. Here's the thing. Let me give an example real quick. I just and I just am coming up with this. Let's say that I am a female, and I have uh, been through what I think is abuse from my husband, but I'm in a very conservative church, and I decide I'm going to go get counseling because I need to figure out what's going on here. And the counselor is a Christian woman who is a complementarian, who is also very conservative. And she says, well, Ephesians 5 says you need to obey your husband in all things. And Peter says in 1 Peter that even if your husband's a non-believer, if, 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 if even if he's abusing you, you just need to really kind of, you just need to call him Lord and you need to obey him. You, you may not need to put yourself in too dangerous a situation, but you just need to obey him. That's what Jesus would have you to do. That's unethical, right? Like that's yeah. now when you're taking certain interpretations of scripture that are very dangerous and you're putting someone in even a worse situation or keeping them in a bad situation. The problem with that is everyone though is going to have different interpretations. So you're, there's no such thing as an unbiased counselor, like no matter where you go. Uh, but anyway, that that's all I was just going to say on that. Well, I know. And, and here's what's interesting is I agree with pretty much everything that you just said where I disagree with the idea that it's not in and of itself unethical. Well, first of all, let me say, I do agree that, that that's the, that that is the case. It's not entirely unethical in and of itself. And in the scenario that you presented, then it would be the issue that I take with it is honestly more experiential on my part. And it's more subjective. I really feel like that you kind of have a more objective perspective on that. I tend to balk at anybody that promotes themselves as a Christian, anything, 
So for example, like, like in the episode, Crystal was saying, whenever we were talking about terms of identity and how religion can shape and mold our identity. And I was saying, you know, I'm a chiropractor. I'm a jujitsu guy. I'm a husband. I'm a father. She's like, Oh no, 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 no. You're a Christian chiropractor. You're a Christian. (laughs) Anytime personally that I have seen or dealt with anybody that advertised themselves as a Christian bricklayer or a Christian chiropractor or a, a Christian XYZ, whatever. And they have their card and it has a Bible verse and, and the ichthyus on it. And if you don't know what the ichthyus is, that's a little Christian fish. There's one exception to this. Nearly every time that I have seen or dealt with people that were like that, they were shady as all get out. They were as unethical. <laughs> they were more unethical than you could believe. Take the money and run, do one thing, you know, say one thing, do something else. I can remember a local shop that existed in Ardmore in my younger years in which they promoted themselves, you know, that they were Christian automotive mechanics. And they had that passage about how whatever you do with, you know, whatever you do in life, you know, do it hardly as unto the Lord and not unto men. I can't remember which passage that is, but they had that on their card and they had the little fish down there in the corner. And I can remember we had something repaired there. And it, it was my mom's suburban. I think it was, I may be getting the story mixed up because it's been a very long time ago and I was a kid, but anyway, they were supposed to have used OEM parts and they didn't, they used like secondhand parts from a junkyard to fix it. And then whenever the thing that they fixed broke and we took it back to, they, they wouldn't honor the warranty that the part was supposedly supposed to have. Like there's it's, it's absolutely ridiculous in my mind if you have to promote yourself as a christian anything as a marketing ploy in my mind that for me personally because of my experience that sends up a hundred red flags i've seen different it it seems like that's a guise to get people to trust you and then you just go and rip them off so that's why i tend to agree with her on that is because (laughs) my experience with christian this that or whatever hasn't been good and and, and to be fair most like because i know a handful of of christian counselors of christians who who you know they advertise themselves i'm a christian counselor counselor and what they mean by and they're they're great people they're good-hearted people and you know, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. And the reason why they promote themselves that way is because they're either staffed at a church. Um, and so some of these larger churches actually have a Christian on staff. And that is specifically what they provide is, uh, Christian counseling. Now, you know, it's the same thing with like a, someone who says, well, I provide spiritual counseling to, to many churchgoers. That's what a Christian counselor is. It's providing spiritual counsel within their worldview. So that's why, but, but I understand, I understand that what, what, what I understood what Crystal was saying without any problem. I don't necessarily agree, agree with the statement and, and she may, you know, feel that way. And that's her prerogative because she's gone through a lot of things I haven't, but the thing is, that's how she feels. And And she's a counselor. Yeah. And she, so that's why, and this is, this is a point I want to, I want to make clear to our audience, validating someone's feelings, beliefs, or thoughts that's not the same thing as affirming them. Okay. Yeah. So when if if, if I can val if I validate, if someone says, you know, I have this experience through Christianity, and that's not I'm Christian, I'm gonna validate that. I'm not gonna say, well, no, you didn't have that experience, or no, that didn't happen, or no, you shouldn't have responded that way. I'm gonna validate that because I can never invalidate someone's experience. I can't do it. You can't invalidate mine either. So you we can eval- we can uh, we can um we can validate someone's experience, someone's beliefs, uh, 
someone's uh, perspectives and allow them to have that safe space to talk about that without meaning with without implying that we are somehow always affirming that. When we talked about Islam, I hope our audience didn't think just because we were validating his experiences that we were affirming Islam as a religion. We weren't doing that, but what we were doing is creating a safe space. And in that conversation, there were a lot of times we validated his points. I don't agree because with his points were right yeah. in a lot of cases. And, and, and it doesn't mean that it always, we're going to draw the same conclusion from those points, yeah. but it's so important to, to recognize that when we're talking to someone and having conversations, because especially growing up in church of Christ, you almost had to always state if you disagree with someone like, okay, well, I disagree with that. Okay. Well, I disagree. With that. Oh, I disagree with that. And you almost had to do that in order to feel like you're, you're standing up for the truth. I don't believe that anymore. I can have a conversation with someone and disagree with them and never once within that conversation, tell them I disagree. I, I, there may be a time and place where I feel like that that's necessary. And there may be a time that I think it's beneficial, but I'm more interested in hearing about that person and learning more about that person because that's going to give me a lot more information as to why they believe what they believe than if I just go right at it and start saying, well, no, no, let me, let me, let me correct you. Let me, let me correct you there. I'll disagree with you on that. Lee and I, we can, we can be more open and honest with each other. We have, we had that kind of relationship, but when we're talking about someone we barely know or never have truly met or only have talked to a couple of times, we're going to be a lot more careful on something like that. And so just because we don't always state, wait, I disagree with what she's about to say. Now, there are times we may do that, but just because we don't always do that, don't assume Kevin and Lee must always fall in the same category as their guest's beliefs simply because they're validating the, the certain points they're making. That doesn't mean we're validating or affirming their ultimate conclusions that they've drawn. From those points, there's a lot of atheists I agree with on many, many things, but I don't yep. draw the same conclusions that they draw. But that exactly. doesn't mean I'm going to disagree with them on the on the specific points. And so, uh, let's let's kind of go now with the positive of everything. And by the way, I, I really do, um, you know, I feel like I have to qualify and apologize about this because I've gotten passionate in this episode, and so I'm not going to do another follow up to the. <laughs> So please understand this is pat this I am passionate about this because I've hurt people. Okay. Yeah. So and likewise. I, I, I have I have I have caused a lot of victims to be hurt. So this this is a matter of this is passion, passion on both sides for me right here. I've I've I have been victimized in a system and I have been a part of the victimization, if you will, in the system. So that's why. Please don't take this as Kevin's just mean. He's 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 getting after it tonight. I am getting after tonight, but I, I'm getting after tonight because I'm very passionate about what we're talking about, and I do not I do not want someone to misunderstand the importance of the conversation of religious trauma. But going with the positives, I want to I want to bring this in, Lee, because um, you know someone had sent a message and said, "Well, what's the point of bringing in?" someone to talk about this who has who has left the faith currently and who no longer currently claims Christianity. Why would you even bring that up? Why would you even allow her a place to speak? And it, to me, that that is so important to allow places for people like that to know they're still loved by Christians, to know they're still cared about by Christians, to know that Christians want to hear what they have to say, to know that they're loved, they're seen, they're heard. And so while Crystal is no longer claiming Christianity, we wanted her to come on because I believe this is where a lot of 
toxic religion drives people to. Is yeah. is and I pointed this out earlier. I I I am hoping that people will feel loved and cared about, even if they never see eye to eye with me, even if the, even if they never, even if Crystal never comes back to Christianity. I I pray that at least people can have this conversation and show love and compassion and empathy, and for those who have been hurt, and that doesn't take away her own responsibility. That doesn't take away her own um, uh, right, if you will, to make to make her own choices from this point forward. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. Well, you know, Crystal's been hurt by the church, and so therefore, you know, nothing she does, uh, you know, she can ever she can't blame herself for anything. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying there's not a level of personal responsibility. There certainly is. But here's the thing, and I want the other side now to listen to this. We have received multiple emails from people who were once Christians who no longer were, but who have listened to this episode and they are now interested in learning more about Jesus again. Yeah. So that's why we do this because they're saying, wait a minute. So you're telling me this King James only Baptist church that I was a part of, I, I can, I, I don't have to go there, but I can still be a Christian and find another group of believers who 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 live a very different life where it's not toxic, where it is healthy, where it is in line with a Christocentric understanding of Christianity. Well, if that's the case, then no, I'm I'm not an atheist then. I don't want to be an agnostic. I want to learn more about how to be a Christian, perhaps for the first time, or at least having a much better understanding of what Christianity is all about. So that's why we felt like the episode was profitable as well. It, it, because I mean, we're 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 setting up meetings, we're setting up phone calls, Zoom, multiple multiple people, folks, of individuals who have not darkened the doors of church. One even said they have not listened to anything religious or Christian related in years. Yeah, but someone sent them this episode, and they said they finally feel like there may be a place for them in Christianity, and that they they feel like they're they're the, with with the right understanding of Jesus, they would want to be his followers. So. I'm just simply saying that's why we have to take a few steps back here. And just because it didn't resonate with you in the same way, didn't mean it didn't resonate with someone else in a, in a much better way. Well, and I think that speaks to the power of letting people tell their stories. Yeah. Because Crystal's story is not an isolated incident, man. No, no, Her story, it's not an isolated incident at all. I've received multiple messages and there have been people that have talked about it in the discussion group and you've received emails. I've received emails. We have had people reach out to us and say, she told my story essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I have experienced what she experienced. I have stepped away from faith. I have nothing to do with faith anymore. I don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of, of what I grew up with. And one of the things that's coming to mind, and this may seem like a big swerve, but it makes sense. I'm going to give you guys another movie spoiler here. So uh, you may want to fast forward if you haven't seen this movie yet, but you remember M night Shyamalan's movie, the village. Oh yeah. Did you, yeah, did you ever love, see that I one? I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, it's big fantastic. Fan Shyamalan. Yeah. And if you're in, I mean, his earlier stuff was really good, I, but it's, it's kind of, eh, anyway, we won't downhill. get into that. It's kind of like it's going podcast, downhill. man. It's exactly. going downhill in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, there goes the neighborhood. But anyway, what the village is about is is it follows this group of people who live in this village. Oh, how about that? How creative. Um, they live in this village, 
and they don't dare go back beyond the woods because there's this great beast that lives in the woods. And if they go past the woods, if they go that direction or go too far, well, then they're, they leave the safety of their village and this beast could eat them and devour them. Well, one person in their village ends up getting very, very sick and one person leaves and they're a, uh, and, and it's an old village. Like they all live in these little cabins. They don't have running water or electricity or any, any modern things. So you, you watch this movie and you're thinking it's set kind of in the frontier days or sometime, you know, maybe before the depression or something like that. Well, someone gets sick and they are sent, um, someone else is sent to go get medicine for them. Well, this person's blind. They can't see. Whenever they leave, it turns out this village, here's a spoiler. I'm going to give you five seconds. And here it comes. This village actually exists in the modern day. (laughs) This person climbs over a wall and goes and finds someone. They give them the antibiotics they need. They go back to the village and then they give it to these people. What happened was, is these people were so distraught over the direction the world was going that they built their own village in the middle of this park that some ancestor of theirs owned and completely separated themselves from the outside world. And they created the story of the beast in the woods to keep their people in line from venturing beyond the walls of their village, not to keep them safe, but to keep their paradigm safe. And I can't help but think about that movie and that plot point. Whenever people ask that question, well, you know, why have someone who's not a Christian on your podcast? Like, you know, we had the Imam on not long ago when we talked about Islam. We have recorded an interview that has not aired yet, and maybe it will, with someone who's an atheist, who was a member of the Churches of Christ, who was a preacher in the Churches of Christ. That hasn't aired yet. It may never air. They came on and they had some reservations about moving forward, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. And we said, okay, well, we'll hold off on that. Whenever they give us the green light, We'll publish it. If they never give us the green light, none of you will ever hear it. It will never see daylight. But whenever people say that, it's like, what good does it do to hear from someone? What benefit is there to hear from someone who's not a member of faith anymore? It gives people someone to relate to. Those people that have been so traumatized and so damaged by faith that they have left faith behind entirely, it validates their experience. Yeah. Yeah. Truth be told, I mean, there was a time I stepped away from faith for for several years because of what I experienced and because of what I witnessed. That Crystal's story in large part is my story as well. I came back to faith and I came back to faith through a more torturous route than what she did and through through a different route than what she may or may not. I mean, maybe she does, maybe she doesn't, who knows. But there are people who have stepped away from faith And hearing from someone who has stepped away and allowing them to tell their story and validating that story, it has prompted within them a desire to to start investigating this, to start exploring faith again. You can't put a price on that. That's a beautiful thing. But even then, I think there's other value in it because for some people, the toxic faith system that they've grown up in, whenever you grow up in a faith system, that faith system is presented as the end all be all. This is absolute truth. And to argue with any of these points, salient or not, is to call into question the entire paradigm. And you don't do that because this is absolute ground truth. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, and this is who God is, and these are the terms that 
through which I need to draw near into God and follow him. This is damaging. It makes no sense to me. God is a narcissistic tyrant under this set of parameters. I don't want anything to do with that. And you know what? That's not a God I have any interest in serving either. But they don't, a lot of times people don't realize that that God that they've grown up with, that God that has been presented to them, that's a counterfeit God. That's a false God. Absolutely. That's an idol that has been made in the image of man. Yeah. That is not representative of who God is or who God has ever even claimed to be. And whenever they hear that it's okay to leave that God behind, and sometimes for people that have been in systems like that, one of the best things they can do, and I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for this, but I don't care. It's my podcast. I can say what I want. Um, for we those just, people, we may just have to come back with another one day. We may have to come back with another follow up. Sorry, <laughs> Kevin. But for those people, leaving faith behind, leaving that faith behind is one of the best things they can do for themselves. For a lot of people, that's what they need to do to be able to heal. For a lot of people, that's what they need to be able to do to be a good wife, to be a good mother, to be a good father, to be a good husband, to be a good to be a good child, to be a good grandchild. That's what they need to do in that time. And that's what could set the stage to allow them to be reintroduced to Jesus, to be introduced to the real God of Christianity, not this counterfeit narcissistic tyrant, not this gaslighting abusive God, that so many people grow up being told about, being told that's who God is. Oh, you don't go into the woods because there's a monster there. You don't dare question these paradigms because you'll go to hell. You don't dare question God. Well, that God ain't even real. That God doesn't even exist. The God I serve is a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He's a God of justice. He's a God that wants to know you. He's a God that loves you, and he will do nothing, nothing, that runs counter to that identity of love that we see perfectly exemplified in the man, Jesus. And without stepping away from toxic faith, you can't then later step into a holistic faith. You can't step into the truth of what Christianity really is unless you leave that behind to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And I hope this episode has cleared up a few things and it has been beneficial because as, as we said at the beginning, we think that all the emails we received pertaining to this on uh, either or both sides came from good hearts and had good points. Some of those points I think were misunderstood and that's what, you know, that's why um, there was some just miscommunication and that happens. I mean, this is a, we, we talk, this is it's what happens in conversation. There's oftentimes misunderstanding. Um, and I think other, it's just a matter of having a, a, a deeper understanding of why we do what we do, um, why we're having this podcast, why these conversations are so important and so vital to the, just the, if nothing more than the individual we're having it with, to know that they're cared about, that we support them, that we validate them. No, doesn't mean we always agree, but if we validate them as a, as a person, as someone who's gone through things we haven't gone through. And to, to just be able to show them love. And so other people can hear the same story. And if there is people out there listening and they're thinking, you know, I was presented with this dichotomy. Either I can't be a Christian or I have to be this specific kind of Christian that I was taught to be. 
and that's what they were taught. We want people to know that's 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 actually not right. There 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 is another option. There's alternatives for reevaluating how we understand the Bible, how we understand God, how we understand Jesus, what Christianity looks like. And the conclusions I've come to is the Christianity I now believe in, the God I now believe in, is very different than the understanding of the God I once believed in and the Christianity I once followed. It's very different. It's very, very, very different. And by the way, there's forty-five over 45,000 Christian denominations. So from church to church, it's very different. And this is what I say to my non-Christian friends all the time. How many of the 45,000 Christianities have you visited? Have you, have you, have you looked into? <laughs> I said, chances are you've looked into probably one or two. And it's, it's the standard evangelical conservative um, Americanism version of Christianity. I said, that's a very, 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 very slim percentage. I said, it's big in America, obviously. That's why I call it Americanized evangelicalism. But I said, if you look at Christianity overall, I said, there's a lot of Christianities. Some look a lot more like Jesus than others. They all claim Jesus, but some look a lot more like Jesus than others. I said, so make sure. And that's why we we, we, we do this on, on not just to those who are more conservative than we are. We're looking at our non-Christian friends saying, look, don't throw in the towel yet on Christianity. There, there, there's other Christianity. So we're hoping to bridge that gap to have these conversations. And so I just want to say again, Lee and I have been very passionate in this. If this has... Uh, come across as too snarky. I, it, that really isn't the intention, okay? But this is something that I lived in in many years, and I've said that we perpetuated it, times. You know, Lee and I yeah. are just saying these things ad nauseum now. But we just want our audience to know that's why we do these things. And look, we're willing to admit when we've been wrong, uh, when it's been pointed out, and we believe we have, we're willing to admit that. That's why Lee and I are willing to say, you know, there's some things we could have said differently. Um, there are some points that that could have been made better. And perhaps um, uh, we could have been a little more sensitive to uh, to Christianity in that conversation. No doubt about it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we hopefully in this episode have, have really tried to clear things up to make it where people will will see where we're coming from and will give this a uh, the benefit of the doubt. And, and going forward, when we have guests on, you're I had a I had actually a, a I call him a friend. He's an acquaintance. I've just met him through the podcast. He's a listener. He reached out to me a few months ago. He said, well, I finally heard an episode I disagreed with. I said, great. Like, well, good. You know, that means you're actually thinking for yourself. You know, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're not me or Lee, you know. And uh, once again, that was snarky, but I was being funny with him. And he goes, no, I'm serious. He goes, I'm really concerned because I disagree with you on this issue. And I said, well, were you only listening to our podcast because it was affirming everything you've believed up to this point? Because if so, then you know, that's not really what the point of this podcast is. I said, the point of this podcast is to to help us, well, explore faith and pursue grace, to challenge ourselves. And Lee and I are challenged on a daily basis, on a weekly basis when we have guests come on. There's things we're constantly learning. Things that I've heard some of our guests say in earlier episodes that in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't agree with that. That's wrong. Now I believe. So let, let's just transform and be, be willing to listen to others and be okay when there's disagreement and not think that, well, that means that, you know, we can't listen to this anymore. We don't need to listen. To that. I encourage people, please keep listening, whether you agree or disagree, and know if, if there's something that we've said or done, reach out to us. We want to make it right. We want to be Jesus to people. I don't want people looking at us saying, well, he's really not Jesus. He's just... He, he's, he's just vitriol on the other side. I don't want to be that either. 
It's not yeah. what I want to do. Well, and I really would be remiss if I didn't say this as we wrap this up. We appreciate all of the feedback that we get. Absolutely. We appreciate keep sending we, it. <laughs> yes. We appreciate the pats on the back. We do. I mean, we're human. We like that. We like the affirmation. We like the validation. We appreciate it when we put something out there that you all appreciate and that you enjoy and that helps you. But y'all, we appreciate the the constructive criticism too. Whenever we fall short or if we do something that you're like, you know what? I think you fellas could have done this better. I really disagree with what you said about this. And I failed to see the, the impact or the power, or the good of what this was or whatever else guys, whenever it's constructive and it's sincere, we appreciate that as well. I mean, the people that say that we're heretics bound for a devil's hell, we just delete those. We don't even care. We don't lose any sleep over that. Those opinions mean nothing to us. But the sincere, constructive criticism that we get, whether it's positive or negative or whatever it is, we appreciate that tremendously. Because what that means is, is that you're listening in good faith. It means that you are appreciating what we're doing, even if you disagree with us. You're at least giving you're you're at least giving it a chance to 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 hear what the other side may have to say. And Kevin, yeah. I just I'll echo what you said too, man. I mean, we have guests on that, that I don't necessarily agree with. We've had conversations with people that I'm like, yep, I don't buy that. And there's a lot of times where when left to ruminate, my perspective has shifted on on other things as well. And then my perspective on on yet other topics has remained even more entrenched. And mm-hmm. it that's even more reaffirmed to me. But in any case, guys, we appreciate all of you. We appreciate your feedback. So please keep sending it to us. Well, and that's um, and that's why when you know someone does reach out and say, well, I don't see the good in this episode, reach out and let us know because you may be right, but we may also be able to say, well, let, let us show you the good in this episode of what has happened, of what has taken place. So if someone says, well, I don't see the good in this episode, if I told you, well, two people who, at least two to three people uh, who, who no longer who at one point claimed recently that they were not followers of God, believers in God because of their experience, but now they're willing to reconsider. I would say that's beneficial. I would say that's highly beneficial. So, you know, this, and this, this is by the way, why, by the way, one of the reasons why I gave up preaching um, among many things is because what people want is they want, they want to hear something that resonates with them every single time. You're just not going to get that. I mean, th- this podcast, if you're wanting something every single week that you're going to like, that you're going to agree with, that's going to resonate with you, you're not going to get that. This podcast is not designed that way. And I've said this throughout the the episode, the, this episode, our audience is not one-sided. It's not. So that's why when you listen to our episodes, you're not going to only hear affirmation after affirmation after affirmation. Of we don't view. like we don't like echo chambers. No, and and we purposefully try to get ourselves out of echo chambers because I even told Lee, I said I feel like we've been having a lot of uh, Christians who lean more pro- toward progressive and uh, liberal. We we need to get some some folks who who we disagree with on maybe on more the conservative side. We need to make sure that we're giving a fair listen to some of these things because we never want to fall into that false dichotomy ourselves. I do think there are some false dichotomies out there um, are, are some dichotomies out there that are false, but I don't want to fall into a false dichotomy. And so it's just being able to, to recognize what we're trying to do. And so as listeners, you have to realize, please realize I'm asking you to have understanding that we're trying to balance this out with what's going to be best for everyone who could possibly listen. 
and 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 what's going to be beneficial for everyone. So there may be weeks you listen and like, well, this was a stupid episode, and other people say, well, you know what, I was about to commit suicide, and I listened to this episode. We um, have received that, that message before. Happened. Yes, it happened that last actually year. Has happened before. And I'm not saying that because me and Lee are that powerful with our episodes. What I'm saying is, is that God works in so many different ways through so many different topics. There's even been a topic that someone reached out to Lee about that we thought it was just a good educational podcast, but nothing that was really life-changing, just a good topic that we had studied. And someone said, you know, this has just changed their life. And because that was an issue that they had wrestled with that affected their whole Christianity. So you just never know. And we never know. And that's why we, we try to put out good, open, honest content. Some of our some of our podcast episodes are like this one. It's just going to be like a big conversation. The one with Crystal, just going to be a conversation. Other episodes are going to be more, very. it's going to be educational. It's going to be point by point, why we changed a view on something like I did on instrumental music, likely did on science, the cup, the, the head covering, like I've done on um, you know a, a certain issues, specific issues. Uh, Hail, for example, those are going to be a lot more educational. Each episode has its own unique niche that it brings to the table. And so just please keep that in mind, too, when you're listening. And we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear because we do take it into consideration and we try to listen to it and make sure that we're, we're being the best that we can be for you as an audience. Yeah. And one thing we always promise to do is uh, try we won't always succeed, but we're going to try to redeem the time as well as what we can. And what's hilarious is before we recorded this, Kevin and I were saying, oh, yeah, we could probably knock this one out pretty quick. And we've almost <laughs> talked for an hour and a half about it. <laughs> God has not given us the ability to understand just how much we like to talk, I don't think. like we, We're like, oh, this is going to be a 30-minute episode. Four and a half hours later. Yeah, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do a four-parter on this. Well, I mean, look at 15 and a half hours on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. That doesn't tell you anything. But <laughs> No, I, I think that I think we made the right call. I mean, we kind of just went off this off the cup, guys. Those of you that are listening that made it all the way through to this point, we had actually intended to talk, to talk about something else this evening, but these emails had, they were, they impacted us both so much that we wanted to talk about this tonight. So this was completely impromptu, completely off the cuff. We, neither one of us were really quote prepared for well, Lisa, it. You've been and, getting feedback. I've been getting feedback and we thought, you know, let's just go ahead and clear the air. Let everyone know yeah. where we stand. Let everyone know why we did that episode, but also bring out the positives of, of the, 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 good impact it's having that other people wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, in full disclosure, I mean, we've received, I, I would say it's probably four to one positive to negative. Oh yeah. yeah feedback no is, yeah. What, is what we've received. It's been predominantly positive, but in any case, I mean, we've, I, I feel like we've said what we wanted to say. I know I've said what I wanted to say and we both kind of got fired up a little bit, which is fine. Um, that's all well and good. Um, but anyway, uh, to all of you guys, we thank you all so much. I mean, we appreciate y'all. We never want to end the podcast without expressing just how much we appreciate each and every one of you. We love you guys. We appreciate your, your listening to these two rednecks from Alabama and Oklahoma <laughs> ramble on about stuff that we're woefully unqualified to talk about in so many ways. That's why we bring guests on that know more than we do. Christian podcast. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but we do. We appreciate our listeners, guys. We appreciate you all. We appreciate your feedback. Um, don't stop listening. Please don't stop listening. And if you do, let us know why you stop listening so that we can beg you to come back. 
Um, but in any case, we love you all. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. Share this podcast far and wide. If it's been helpful to you, let us know because that really is a big encouragement to us as well. If there's something you'd like for us to discuss, if there's something you would like to hear more about that we've talked about in the past, if there's something new or a question that you have that you'd like for us to delve into, I can't promise that we're going to have all the answers, but I can promise you we will have an entertaining and hopefully interesting conversation about it. So thank we you all very much. We don't have answers, but we have opinions. We have opinions. We have those in space. That should be. We have opinions. And they're strong. Strong <laughs> as your coffee. Anyway, thank you all so much. We bid you all oh, a good Good night.